Elise DeLucci Show. I'm Elise, and we're in my living room on the Upper East Side, which sometimes you can see from my TikTok videos. I really should straighten up the place. Right now, I'm seeing an absolute shithole of Legos and toys, and uh, honestly, I've just been having a day. Anyway, it's episode 31. We're talking about Barbra Streisand, Palazzo Pants, Chicken, why men should give more compliments, maybe how they should give more compliments. That's a hint. How about time? How do you, if you are a single parent, how the hell are you making time to date, be a parent, and have alone time? A listener wrote to me and asked me this question, so we're talking about that. So take a sip of your drink, relax, stay tuned, talk to moi. So fact of the day. Oh, my God. Happy New Year. <laughs> I told you, it's a real freaking crazy day. And happy, happy New Year. Guess what? 2021 feels exactly like 2020. <laughs> it so feels like 2020 that my kids' school shut, literally shut down again. Shut down again. But we'll, I'll get into that in a second. Fact of the day, the first New Year's celebration, if you were curious, it dates back to 4,000 years ago. Caesar was the emperor of Rome, and he was the one that declared January 1st a national holiday. Who knew? Not me. Anyway, I think, you know, it's funny. I wrote before Christmas, I talked, I did an episode, and I, I mentioned where the Christmas tree came from. It was like some gift a royal, like I think a German royal gave to his, his lover, and then that just stuck. And this is sort of a similar thing. Although Caesar has a little bit more gravitas, I feel, than just a random German royal. But who's to say? Anyway, so how are you doing? How was your week? How was your New Year's? Did you have anything going on? Because I, probably like you, watched, uh, you know, Anderson and, um, you know, you know, Bravo, Andy, on uh, whatever channel that was, watching the ball drop. And, like, by the way, I would just want to say, Jennifer Lynn Lopez of Castle Hill, the Bronx. I love you. I love you, and I've always loved you ever since you were an in-living color fly girl, okay? Banging out those moves. Then you got with Puffy, and then your career just took off. I always was a fan. However, Jennifer Lopez singing Aerosmith's Dream On, I don't really know if everybody was loving that. Are you with me? Were you watching it? I know you are. I know you are. Here's the thing. It obviously was about the message. It was about the words behind the song. I mean, duh. And she said it. She said this was like the perfect song. But like, she did that one, if you watched it, you know, like at the end of her singing Dream On, she did that loud belter, like that little belted out sort of notes at the end, which I didn't think was terrible. But the beginning, I was I was slightly cringing for my fellow New Yorker. I was like, J-Lo, please, when I move to Hollywood, how are we going to be best friends, me, you, and Leah Remney? How am I going to look at you after I just you just sang that song? Why can't can't we stick from like Jenny on the block or let's get loud or something? Maybe a Selena number, but really Aerosmith, J-Lo, Aerosmith? <laughs> I mean, it would have been nice if Steven Tyler came out. I mean, I think she mentioned that she tried to get him there, but God, I know you're thinking the same thing, right? I did love her outfit. I did. Well, I like every anything she wears. I, I ever since, ever since uh, she did, um, you know, what's that strip of movie? You know, I'm obvious. I'm really having a doozy today. What's the movie? Come on. Oh, if you were here in front of me, you would be able to tell me. Anyway, the one where she was a 50 year old stripper just killing it. The whole movie, Hustlers. Hustlers. 
Anyway, ever since then, I just thought, oh my God, anything J-Lo wears, however she looks, I'm just amazed, even though I've always been a fan. But um, I just, I don't know. I couldn't get behind the Aerosmith Dream On song. Anyway, anyway. But New Year's, nah, you know, it was totally, it, usually New, New Year's is always underwhelming. But this year was just a whole nother level. My kids were with their father, and I cleaned out a closet. <laughs> I cleaned out their toy closet. I mean, that that's really exciting. I was not wearing sequins or rhinestones, okay? I think I had a side pony going, smeared lip liner. I, I took a nap for two hours. I wound up doing a 20-minute walk before I ordered Chinese food, came home and ate, and that was the end of that. But um, I got to tell you. What's what's hot in my pants right now? Hilaria, Hilaria Baldwin can't get enough of that. Here's the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I talked a little bit about it on TikTok, which is so limiting. I mean, really, it's like a minute video, and you're really supposed to have your videos under like 17 seconds or some bullshit like that. But I get it. Look, Hilaria, she's just the wife of Alec. Baldwin. Just that's a terrible thing. You're not just anybody. We're all somebody, darling. But no, she's the wife of Alec Baldwin. She's this, you know, yoga teacher, yoga studio owner, whatever. Wife of Alec Baldwin. Cute, cute girl, cute woman. Five kids. You know, gorgeous, fabulous life. And um, and 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 we're looking at her just as. Uh, just as Alec Baldwin's wife. I mean, unfortunately, maybe to some people they, they, they identify closely to her, but to me at least, I would just sort of look at her Instagram from time to time as Alec Baldwin's wife. Just how sometimes I look at Jessica Seinfeld as Jerry Seinfeld's wife, right? So all of us sometimes spectators would just feel that maybe we knew her a little bit. And then, you know, homie comes out of the gate and she's saying that, you know, and then, you know, it's Hillary and she's from, whatever, from Boston, from Boston, you know, the Sam Adams commercials, I just think is so funny, that I should be able to do it because the voice is so nasal. What is it? It's like, your cousin from Boston. <laughs> Honestly, if there was a camera, well, I, I guess there's a microphone technically, but if there was a camera, you'd be like, this woman's completely insane. I'm sitting here and... Lululemon knockoff camouflage leggings, a paisley dress that I rented off Rent the Runway that I'm never going to wear because it makes me look like a house, but I just felt like putting it on because why the fuck not? <laughs> I'm drinking a can of club soda and I am quoting slash singing Sam Adams lager commercials to my computer and nobody else is around. Certifiably, probably, most definitely insane. Anyway, back to old hills. So, I mean... We all felt like we kind of just knew her as whatever we knew her as, this adorable, hot, chickadee Spanish girl, you know, and then we find out she's your cousin from Boston. I mean, you know, just your average girl from the block. Really? Really? But you know what? Everybody's freaking out about it. I don't actually think it's so terrible. I mean, look, everybody wants something to be sensational about. Everybody's all doom and gloom, corona this, mask that, who's dying. Nothing to make light about, by the way. I'm just saying that's the reality we're living in. So we get this one hot to trot celeb, celeb wife, whatever she is, and all of a sudden... There's this whole wackadoo thing and the world's gone mad. I just think the world wants a little bit of crazy, a little bit of silliness. And I think this is it. But I have to say, I don't really think it's terrible. I mean, it's a little weird. But you know what? She's just trying to She's just trying to make herself seem, I don't know, sexy, European. Like, I don't know. Like, 
but did she tell Alex? Was she like, when she did she tell Alex? Like, look, Alex, like, oh, listen, I'm from Boston, okay? I'm from Boston, and, and I like to drink a beer. You know, however the fuck they say. Like, I like to go to the party and drink a beer. <laughs> Honestly, it's the, in my opinion, it's the worst accent. No offense if you're from there, because I know who the fuck am I to be talking about accents. I know. But, but... But it, what did she say? Alec, I'm from Boston, but I'm just going to go around. I'm going to tell people I'm from I'm from the motherland, right? But, you know, maybe she identified from there. Like, the thing about Hillary, though, versus, say, somebody like Madonna from Boston. Is she from Boston? Is she from Michigan? I think she's from Boston. I should know this. I should know. Anyway, I, no, maybe she's from Michigan. Anyway, point is, is that Madonna would have handled this cool. She would have been cool. She's a cool fucking cat. If somebody knew that if, if Madonna was from Kentucky and she was saying she was from, you know, Rome, and then and the word got out, Madonna would just be like, you know what, I just decided to reinvent myself. And and that would have been the end of that. She would have cut it cool, smooth, sharp, slick, done, case closed, hilarious. She's all, I saw an article that she's insulted that her heritage is being questioned. Oh, please, blah, blah. Have a little fun, hilarious. Lighten up. Lighten up. You had five kids. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Lighten up. You should just be like, you know what? I just decided to just have a little bit of fun. My husband's a wildly successful actor. I'm as hot to trot. Lady, lover, wife with the five kids. And you know what? I wanted to have my have a little at it too. I wanted to have at it. Who cares? Who cares? But not who cares as in like if you care. I just mean like who cares? Like she's nuts. We're all nuts. So what? big deal and I mean like in the 50s the actors I said on TikTok the American actors were were taught the transatlantic and the uh, mid-Atlantic accent you know that old-timey voice you know that you would hear on movies you know in those black and white movies and it's just like is you were like is everybody in America British or did we once talk like the Brits and then all of a sudden then we don't like what happened no it's because we sound like the normal dumpster diving Americans that we sound like, and or at least me, I could speak for myself. And you know, if you were an actor in the nineteen forties and you were on the come up, well, somebody was going to give you an accent lesson so you could sound a little bit classy, <laughs> class it up a little bit. But this is nothing new, anyway. Hills, I just think you should come out. I think you should own that shit. You know what I think you should do? I think not only. I think not only should you own it. I think you should come out with like a fucking Spanish, Spanish looking fashion line. I think you should, I think you should run with this. I, this is, this is, this is your 15 minutes, Hillary. <laughs> Make it worth your wild. Step right down on the prices, right? So, so I want to tell you something mildly pathetic that I did the other day. You'll agree, especially because it's not Valentine's Day. But see, I got a few uh, nice I get every year, uh, you know, sometimes I get these, I shouldn't say sometimes, every year from clients or business people, I get food gifts, you know, like a gift basket or a box of chocolate, whatever. They send them to my office or my house. Very nice. Well, this year I got Mrs. Printables, which are apples. I feel like this is sounding like a commercial. In my head, I'm like, ooh, this sounds like one of those podcast commercials, but no, this is not. This is true. Mrs. Printables, if you look it up online. They make these chocolate-covered apples, these caramel-covered apples, toffee-covered. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a complete. Wait. 
listen, let me tell you something. If you get this, it's a complete Harry Met Sally moment. Just wait for it. You're going to order the apples, first of all, and go on Retail Me Not because they always have coupons on there. And they come in like a pack of two, a six or eight. I know this really sounds like an ad and it's not an ad. They should pay me though. But they are the most delectable things. And, you know, of course, I'm such a gavone. Like I <laughs> I bite into the apple. Like I pull it out of the, the plastic when it got delivered. And one of the apples, I pull it out and I bite into it. I almost broke my tooth off. And uh, remind me to tell you that story though about how my ex-husband broke his tooth on a flight to Hong Kong because he was too busy biting into the free hummus on the plane. Like I can't. Anyway... I was mortified, but, um, <laughs> but I bit into this apple and I, and then I realized, oh shit, you're supposed to cut them, like cut them like, like classy, you know, like into little wedges, not, you know, tear into it like cookie monster. And, uh, they're so delicious. So anyway, I got six, an assortment of six apples and I ate them all. And then I just ordered them for myself from Mrs. Printables, like, I don't know why, because it's in the new year. It's 2021. If anything, I should be thinking about ways to shrink the waistline, not to expand it. But the most pathetic part was I, when it came, you know, time to pay, it's like, <laughs> do you want to add a gift note? And I'm like, nah. And then I went back, scrolled right back up, and I was like, yeah, I do. And I literally wrote to myself, Elise, I just want to let you know that you're so lovely today. Love your secret admirer. <laughs> I mean, you know why? Because I just felt like, why the hell not? It's going to come in two weeks. I'm going to forget that I even did it, or I'm going to forget that I wrote a note. I'm going to see the note, and I'm just going to laugh, have a little laugh for myself. Maybe I'll leave the note out for my boyfriend and have him see. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell him. I mean, now he might know if he listens to this, but that's kind of pathetic. Slash funny, I think. But you should check it out. Mrs. Printables. Oh, my God. Orgasmic apples. Not a joke. Not a joke at all. Um, this weekend, I took my daughters on a horse and buggy ride in Central Park, which was so cute. Wait for it. $60. $60 for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I was like, really? 320s for 20 minutes? And then the guy did, the driver, the horse driver, he did a whole glamour shots photo shoot, you know, on the go. And, you know, he's like, he's like doing the horse and he's turning around to me. Let me have your camera. I'll take a picture of you and your kids. And what am I supposed to say? No. The girl's like, yeah, ma, give him the camera. Actually, they're like, mommy, give him the camera immediately. And I was just like, oh, fine. So give him the camera. And, you know, of course I knew it was going to be more than 320. So there it was, 320s and 110, $70 for 20 minutes. I literally was going to have a Schwitz attack, but it was so nice and it was so fun. And I'm really glad I did it. And my boyfriend, he's funny. He's like, he, you know, after he's like, I feel like this is a tourist thing to do. I'm like, it is. I could care less. I'm like, I like to be a tourist in the city. And I, well, I think actually that was his kind of point too. He likes to be a tourist in the city. But it's like, I actually think it's an iconic New York thing to do. Like, it's like going to see a Broadway show or, I don't know, walking through the holiday shops at like Bryant Park or in Grand Central. I just like to do it. I don't, I don't care. I love it. I mean, you know, the horse shit all over the place. I don't know who the hell is using that blanket in the back seat. I mean, the guy's like, if you're cold, you could do use the blanket. And I'm like, the blanket? Like, you think I'm going to use the blanket? My boyfriend, he looked at me when the guy says it, and he just literally 
put his head down and just shook his head back and forth. I said, exactly. This is why we're together. We're on the same page. Not in 10,000 years am I putting my hands on that blanket. I mean, first of all, the blanket per- is permeating like horse manure. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, I don't know who was using that blanket before. You know, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, come on. Everybody gets in their little uh, their little horse-drawn carriage. What, are they keeping their mask and their gloves on? No. And I didn't see him Lysol on that shit down before we went in. I'm not using your furry blanket, your furry love blanket. It was red fur with patches missing. <laughs> anyway. But we did that. Then we went to go see the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center. Another touristy thing, but I love it. And um, we took the bus home, the bus, the, 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 the city bus, which I love because, first of all, the bus is 250 which I know if you live somewhere not in a major city is expensive because it is for public transportation. But for 250 $2.50 for me, 250 for him, you know, on the Metro card, the kids are free, 5 bucks, and you get home. It can't beat it. But the best is that... You're just on the bus. You're just looking out. Well, my boyfriend, of course, he hasn't taken a bus since 86. You should have heard him. I haven't been on a bus in 86. Why are we in this germ bus? I said, well, first of all, you're missing one of the great treasures of New York if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're not taking buses. And if you are not from here, I think like when you come, go down into the subway station. Get yourself a Metro card. I'm sure you do, and I'm sure you take the, bu- the subway. But take the bus. It's like a free tour of the city like you're above ground safe which is a, oh I'm always thinking safety I'm always thinking I can't I can't deal with underground I take subway because it's efficient but above ground I like to be I, I feel safe I, I it's light if I need to escape there's a route there's a door at the front there's a door at the back I can go I, I am liking it and it's great the bus it stops every two blocks so what if you have to stop for somebody that's in the wheelchair sure it could get a little annoying but but it's fine. I I love it. The bus, to me, is one of the city's most greatest treasures. You look out the window, you see all sorts of people watching, all sorts of craziness, and this guy's banging on about how he hasn't been on the bus since 86. You know how old I was in 86? Young, okay? Young, okay? Not old enough to get on the bus myself, probably. Anyway. But I'm really having a doozy of a day, i got to tell you. New York City, well, my school, you know, the, obviously schools are back this week, you know, and um, after the Christmas break. Well, my school's closed because they had some COVID cases, and it's like, geez, alone. really, really 2021, really smells an awful lot like the stench that 2020 left behind. Honestly, uh, it's, it's Monday right now. I'm recording this. It's Monday. And I, I, what is it? The fourth? I, I don't even know. I should know the dates, but I don't because this is, I'm living in a constant state of chaos like you. Um, and the teachers, because they had to shut down the school immediately, the teachers, for whatever reason, couldn't jump into sort of like remote learning mode. So basically they, they held a morning meeting on, you know, Zoom for the kids and then they sent a PowerPoint presentation, a PowerPoint presentation for the parents to do homeschool all day with the kids. I'm sorry. I'm a single mom with two kids and I work. What kind of PowerPoint do you think I'm doing all day long? And then the best part, the teacher's like, 
you could, even if you thought you would get to a get out of jail free situation, you weren't. Teachers like at the end, make sure you send us a picture of all the homework that, that or all the schoolwork that's been completed through up a PowerPoint so we could see that the child was present and learning in class today. Really, really. I mean, why pay taxes? But here, but here, here's my ex husband. So of course, when I find this out. I was like bad out of hell this morning. What? Like I have calls. What am I going to do? Let me tell my boss, you know, I, oh, I'm sorry. My kids are home from school again and not remote learning because the, every, the shit shut down and I get it. COVID serious, but sorry, guy, I can't do my work for you today. So, you know, there, there, there's my ex-husband, bleeding heart, kills me. He's like to me, Elise, he's like, seriously, you're complaining? You should feel bad for the teachers. You should feel bad for the principal. Look how they have to scramble last minute and throw shit together because the school is shut down. I said to him, I care about the teachers. I care about the principal. Don't mistake my craziness, bad out of hell attitude for not caring. I said, I care. I said, my problem is that I'm in crisis right now because I'm trying to figure out how now I have to do my day and you are telling me that I should put aside my own needs and I should care about the greater good. Let me tell you something. I told him, I said, that's just so freaking British of you. Okay. And I'm sorry if you're British and you're listening. I know I have some, some, some people from the UK that listen. And, and there's, there's just a coldness sometimes that comes through at least him. Now I know a lot of British people, obviously being married to him for almost 10 years. And I've worked at British companies and whatever. And I live in New York, which is obviously all the expats are here, but not all British people are like this just my ex and I couldn't deal and I'm like bad out of hell papers flying all over the page pancakes on the floor crayons on the floor which which kid's screaming she wants to not match the other kid who doesn't want to wear an undershirt today my phone's ringing my email's dinging I got zoom calls going off I got morning meetings started and I'm texting like a lunatic to this ex-husband and he's sitting there telling me you should feel bad for the teachers I'm like you know what you're a shitty friend. I said, you'd be a shitty friend. Imagine, imagine, imagine if you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend and they cheated on you and you're all upset and you go to your, your good friend and you're complaining that the, this thing cheated on you, the guy, the girl cheated on you and, and, and your friend turns around and says to you, you know what though, it might have been a little bit of your fault because you're an ornery bitch. Like, did that, is that helping the situation? No, no, it is not. And I would say his name, but then he would die. So I'm not saying his name. But I, no, it is not Melvin. It is not helping the situation, Melvin. It's nothing like his name, by the way. <laughs> but my God, really? It's like I'm watching The Crown. I'm watching The Crown and, damn it, I really hope Queen Elizabeth isn't as cold as they make her out to be in this season three because it's, it's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, and and it's not for now, but, you know, my ex-mother-in-law has a lot of nice qualities. They're very loyal people. They're, they're very loyal. They, they're, they're, they're very kind and welcoming. And my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law, she's a fabulous baker, fabulous baker. Cook, eh, not so much, but baker can really throw down. But she is cold. I am telling you, she is cold. You know, when I was getting married, I wanted to, at the time, I was young and I wanted to wear a big ball gown sort of thing. You know, of course, why not? And 
you know, and, and I went to her house, I remember, in Wales, and she says, oh, darling, you're not going to wear a meringue, are you? And I'm like, oh, what? A meringue? You're not going to wear a meringue, are you? And I'm just thinking, what the hell is this lady talking about? A meringue? Like the puffs that I see in the pastry store? And she says, yes, and a meringue is, is a, apparently a slang term in the UK for like a ball gown because it's all puffy and frilly and ridiculous looking pastry thing. I was like, who says this? Oh, a new bride, newly engaged girl. Cold, frigid. Not going to call her an ice queen because she wasn't. But it just, I just felt like, why so cold? And this reminded me of that when he's telling me to stop caring about my own job and my own stuff and I have pancakes and syrup all down my brisiets this morning and I'm dealing with these kids screaming at me and I'm trying to get all my shit together. I'm just, uh. I needed a sip of seltzer. Sorry. I just can't. I just can't. Anyway, I am lucky. I have an ex-husband though. I could text and complain to. I mean, does he answer all the time? No. Does he sometimes tell me things that I don't like to hear? Of course, but I am lucky. So I'm not complaining, but please. Anyway, also this week, I made a chicken dish that's very good. And my mom makes this. Um, I'll tell you what it is. It's so easy. First of all, I have two two other sisters. and Well, there's three of us, So, and I have two sisters. My mom calls this dish Chicken Gabrielle. Clearly, she has a favorite daughter, and her name is an Elise. Okay, Mom? What's up with that? But anyway, it's so easy. All, all she does, and I made it. I made it for the kids, and they loved it. All my mother does, it's, it's uh, she gets chicken breasts. Well, first, you preheat the oven for, I think maybe she pre- preheats it. 375 or something like three. I think I did 375. She gets a few chicken breasts. I had three cut them up into like one inch chunks. Right. And then <clears throat> dredge the, ch- these chicken pieces, these, these one inch chunks in, um, some breadcrumbs, grated cheese, salt and pepper. You know, you mix it all together and we'll dredge them in that on an oil lined baking sheet. You line up your, you know, you line all your, your chicken pieces, your breaded chicken pieces there drizzle olive oil all over the top of it, you know, lightly, not all over, like a swamp. And then you put it in the oven for 45 minutes. The chicken is cooked. When the chicken is done, you don't have to turn or anything. 45 minutes, cook these breaded chicken chunks. They come out of the oven and then put them in a bowl. Then in a bowl, drizzle a little bit of balsamic vinegar and then take a can or a jar of uh, marinated uh, artichoke hearts in olive oil, and also put those in there. Mix it all up with your hands, and it's so good. That's it. That's it. That's what she calls chicken Gabrielle. I don't know why it's not called chicken Elise. Ch- Elise makes it all this time. Elise makes this chicken all the time. Mom. But it's very good, and the kids liked it. I was surprised. They thought it was like uh, salad dressing chicken nuggets, they told me, which works for me. It's fine. But if you kid, if your kids don't, if you want to try it, and you have kids, and they don't like the, you don't like the idea of the balsamic or the artichokes. I mean, you just do it with the breadcrumbs and it's literally like just homemade nuggets, obviously. Anyway. So, okay. Okay. So I have, so so, someone wrote to me and, and they, they meant, they asked about dating and how do, how do I have time to date and take care of the kids plus have alone time. So I'm going to get to that, but, but I also had a friend and I, we were through in a text exchange who's uh, recently single and she was asking me about how does she even have time to date 
when she has kids. So it's a little different than what the guy was saying. The guy who wrote in was saying, how does he have time to date kids and have alone time? And then how does he tell his girlfriend that he wants to have alone time? My friend, though, was we were texting about um, how do you have time to date with kids? But, like, how do you even – she was also saying, how am I supposed to, like – vet out these guys like that to know if they're decent or not and we were having this whole thing and so I I said to her it's literally the hardest thing and her biggest concern was like she's on the apps and she's 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 trying to date people meet people and you know she has on the app that she had that she's a single mother she also has two kids but um she's like at least I I some of these guys I really like but I just don't know how they would be around my kids and you know I'm saying well you don't need to really think about that on date number one date number two like enjoy yourself you know like go out for a meal have a drink whatever but once if on the second third date you're realizing okay this guy you know he's great or I think I could see something or whatever you know then I think you really start need to start thinking okay is this something that I want to continue let me start to do, like, really start to, like, look into this. The do my due diligence on could he be good around the kids. And that was sort of what she was saying is, like, getting the time to date, she'll get a sitter. But it's, like, how do I, once I'm on the date, when I'm, how am I even supposed to deal with men and bringing men in and out of the kids, like, whatever. And, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many things, I feel like, that I, that I had to sort of weed out when I was talking to guys, like, let me tell you some of these things. Okay. If I was out with a man on maybe the third date or fourth date, and we got into the topic of my kids, I was comfortable at that time to bring it up. If the guy didn't have children of his own, and he started giving me parent advice, because yes, that did happen, like telling me how to parent based on what his parents did or whatever, he was automatically out you're out, you're dead to me, okay? I, I, I can't I'm not, I can't deal with that. Fourth date, you're telling me how to be a parent, sorry. And you don't have kids of your own. If the guy, I was telling my girlfriend, if he has kids of his own and he doesn't see or he doesn't take care of, I said, come on, this has got, this has got to be an automatic, you know, X. I mean, not that, not that shit doesn't happen. It does, but... Uh, I mean, you know, you don't want you don't want to be dealing with a man that you're br- or a woman that you're bringing into your family unit that you made, and then has the potential to leave and or not take care of whatever. Another thing was, if he has if he doesn't care to be a part of your kids' lives, like if you're on the date, and 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 he keeps glossing over the fact that you have kids, or he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm sorry, your kids have to come first. I told her so, like. What do you mean? Like, if you're going to, what, you're going to date somebody for, what, a few months and he's going to not ever think that he's going to be a part of your kid's lives? What, are you going to lock them up in a closet or lock them up in a closet? Wait, get out of here. Um, what was the other thing that we were talking about? It's, um, oh, my God, someone that pushes to meet the kids. Like, let me tell you something. I don't know if I said this before in an earlier episode, but I might have. But I, I, I went out with somebody for a few dates and – uh it was like maybe I think it was maybe the fifth day and he or maybe the sixth day and he said to me, He's dying to meet my kids. He he really wants to meet them. When can we arrange a visit? I was like, see my kids. 
Like, you haven't even seen my bedroom. You haven't even seen my entranceway of my apartment, let alone see my kids. Like, you're lucky I even mentioned my kids to you. Are you crazy? Another deal breaker that I once dealt with that I also told my girlfriend she needs to be on the lookout for is, I'm sorry, somebody that thinks that they should be put ahead of your kids. Like, I went out with a guy who said to me, well, so, oh, you have your kids this weekend? Oh, okay, well, if I happen to get tickets to, you know, this game, I'm assuming that, you know, you'll definitely be able to find a sitter and, you know, come to the game because the tickets will be expensive, right, Elise? And I'm thinking to myself, uh, do I sense a sense, a whiff of you thinking that I'm going to, like, you're gonna you're gonna like tell me that I'm gonna be putting you first and I, 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 no 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 one is gonna demand or 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 insist that they be prioritized before the single parents' children. That's insane. And you know, I mean, look. Overall, my friend and I were talking about it's like when you're dating just you. That's one thing. Fine, great. You don't have to like the guy. You don't need to know if he's an addict. You don't have to, if you don't give a shit about that, you're just looking at fun. You don't have to get an addict, has terrible credit, if he's a philanderer. You don't, you don't have need to care about that if it's just you. And, but, you know, but some people, even if it's just them, they have standards like I used to, and I'm sure you do as well. But if you are dating as a parent, it's not just about you and your non-standards or your standards. It's eventually, and, you know, kind of soonish, you're evaluating this person not only on how you feel about them, you have to think about how your kids would feel about them. Would your kids be comfortable around them? You know, it's like maybe in the very beginning I told her, it's not going to maybe seem like the hugest difference, but uh, it, very quickly it's going it's going to become a huge thing, a huge thing. I mean, I don't know. And, and then other little things like I was saying to her, look, if you, I said, if you're dating a guy that even calls you up at 6 o'clock at night, you know, and asking you to go to dinner at 7, he's got to go. Because he has to respect the fact, well, one, he should be respecting the fact anyway that you deserve more time to make plans but or to get ready. But he needs to respect the fact that you have to make arrangements, you know? Um, and, and you know, and, and please, like, if he's doing that, then I'm sorry. He's probably also going to be the kind of guy that changes the subject every time you mention the kids or doesn't want to hear it when you have, or if, you, if you're having a hard time. Look, you know, my boyfriend doesn't have kids, okay? So, and that was, like, a thing for me. I mean, it, you know, it's now it's fine. But in the beginning, I was just like, nah, I don't think so. Because y- y- you just... You just, it's just a completely selfless, different sort of mentality you have to have. And I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's, I felt like it's easy to make the time to date. You can always ask a friend or a relative or, um, you know, get a sitter. But, but in terms of once you're dating and how to sort of navigate that, hard. Not so easy. Anyway. mm. You know what though? On the dating note, I wanted to say. I, um, the same girl, she broke up with a guy that she was seeing, you know, for a month. That was the first, uh, it was her first time of dating somebody after she got out of her marriage. So she was seeing a guy for a month, she broke up with him. And then we were talking about, you know, how can we, how can we get her like, you know, more, more out there, right? As a single mom. But she said to me, Elise, you know, 
Rick, this is the guy of, the, of one month, he never gave me compliments. And I said, what do you mean he didn't give you compliments? And she's like, I don't know. Like, even though it was only a month, she was like, like, I just felt like he didn't give me compliments. Like, how, like, I don't know how to ask him for a compliment. And I was like, well, why don't you just say, oh, do you like my dress? Oh, you know, do would you, yo, you know, you like my hair like this? Oh, I got my hair. She's like, yeah, I don't know. So this is what I wanted to say to anybody listening. A PSA, okay? Especially if you're a guy listening. You got to learn how to compliment the women, guys. I mean, God, hearing my friends is killing me. I read a book that I recommend you, if you're a man, a single man, you should read. Or if you're a single woman and it, whatever. Or if you're even a parent, I think it's good. It's a great book. It's called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and How to Listen So Kids Will Talk. It's um, it's a yellow book. It's a paperback book. The, the uh, authors are Adele Farber and Elaine Maslish. How to talk so kids will listen and how to listen so kids will talk. And the, the book, all the book does, t- teaches you about, is how to listen um, to children, actively listen to children, how to talk to them to get them to open up. And where this is going with the complimenting thing is like, is it tells you that if you want kids to really be engaged and say your child makes a picture, um, they draw a picture of, you know, a house scene or whatever, you want to, and they say, mommy, do you like my picture? You could say, yeah, it's nice. And you then you could turn around and, you know, stir the pot of macaroni on the stove. Or, as the book suggests, you could say, wow, that is a really special picture. I mean, that butterfly is such a beautiful shade of bird egg blue. Oh, and it matches the grass that you made in that bright green and the green window shutters. Oh, it's so pretty. You know, you're very talented. It's right up there with a mini Monet. (laughs) I can see it now at the Met. (laughs) That might be a little extreme, but basically it's the same thing. So guy, if you, if you're going on a date, with a lady, and, and and you see that she took the time to get ready. I mean, is it? You could say, "Oh yeah, you look nice," but you know what? Nah, and that'll that'll suffice. I'm sure that'll suffice. But you know, what would be nicer if you say, "Wow, that pink color really looks great on you." Oh, and did you get your hair done today? It looks beautiful. That bow in your hair it looks great. Now, I don't know who's wearing bows these days. Well, sometimes I do on the side, but that's besides the point. Is that that's like the kind of compliment that really has gravitas that like resonates with a woman. Or a man, you know? Anyway, I learned this this um, this way of sort of detailed complimenting, I should say, from this book. And I and I think it's good. I think it's good. And it's worth a mention. I don't know why a lot of men can't compliment. They should, they, like, well, they should be doing the compliments flowing like tap water. Now, I'm not saying you should overdo it because that would make me nauseous. If you're like, I like your shoes, I like your socks, oh, I like your hair, all oh, those earrings are pretty, I would be like, okay, you're making me vomit. But a detailed compliment, would that kill you? And, you know, and my friend, she didn't really know how to ask for one, but if you do ask for one, like, and then you get something that's lackluster, womp, womp. No? Ugh. Ugh. Product. Product. So I was reading an article the other day about Barbara Jones Streisand, my idol. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I mentioned her a lot in the last couple of days. She she was wearing these pants that were 25 bucks, Palazzo pants. The brand was Simplicity. I didn't buy a pair yet, but I'm going to. Yes, I'm going to exactly buy them just because Barbara Streisand wears them. You know why I'm buying them? I'm going to tell you why. Because 
not because Barbara Streisand is endorsing them. I don't know what her, what her affiliation to the, the pants are. But I'm going to buy a pair because Barbara Streisand is a perfectionist. She's a perfectionist. Have you read her book, My Passion for Design? I've seen her house in Malibu. I was there, not inside. I was outside. It is a masterpiece, okay? Everything that she directs and she's in, she works tirelessly on. She's known for her to being anal and controlling and perfectionist. Maybe annoying to have tea with, but if she's wearing a pair of comfortable palazzo pants around her house, I'm pretty damn sure that they're going to be very very comfortable. So I am dying to try them. And for 25 bucks, right in my budget, the brand is Simplicity. Let me spell for you. S-I-M-P-L-I-C-I-T-I-E.com. Simplicity.com. $25 Palazzo pants. When I get them, when I order them and get them, I'll do a TikTok. But I wanted to do that as my product of the day. I don't usually do products of the day that I haven't tried or, or you know, heard amazing reviews about, but this I feel like is very special. Barbara in a pair of $20 cotton pants. Come on. So my friend who wrote to me, my, my uh, t- uh, a TikTok follower guy, he said, hey, Elise, how do we balance kid time and girlfriend time and alone time and he said, I don't have this, his um, question right in front of me, but he said, uh, you know, I love my kids and I want to spend a lot of time with my kids. And I love my girlfriend and I want to spend a lot of time with my girlfriend. I also love myself and I want to spend a lot of time with myself. But if I want to spend time with myself, how do I tell my girlfriend that I just want to have alone time? And here is my thought on that. No expert here, but my opinion on that is that we uh, probably all, at one point in our lives, have been so um, open and available to a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whether that was when we were single when we were 15, or a single at 25, a single at 35, whether we were divorced, kids, no kids, whatever. And you know what? That was unhealthy, to just be totally available or at that person's disposal or um, at, attached at the hip maybe fun for the first few months of honeymoon phase, but then, you know, come on, it's, it's not, it's not great, especially as you get older. And so I think that we've all been there, done that. And we all know maybe that could be nice and whatever, but codependency is never a good thing. We need to obviously have our alone time and cherish that. And I think that you should say that right out of the gate to when you are dating somebody or your girlfriend, I would just say like, you know, so listen, you know, Margaret, Donna, whatever her name is. I, I love you. I'm crazy about you. And I'm crazy about my kids. But for my own sanity, I need to have some alone time. I need to go for a run. I need to sit in front of the TV and watch a football game. And even if she says, oh, but I want to do that with you. You just be like, listen, this is the time that I clear my head. And this is the time that you know, I just sort of run through my mental list of things I need to do for the week. Whatever you need to say, I would just say. I mean, look, if somebody's not going to prioritize, if some, well, I should say, if somebody's not going to listen to you prioritize, on why you need to prioritize yourself, it might not be the best of best relationships. Look, I used to be a girlfriend where I was like, need me, want me, love me, spend all your time with me forever, please. You know, like... It, and it was suffocating. It was suffocating. I was younger than when I did that, but 
as I got a little older, I appreciate my time on my own. I mean, I used to, um, I used to talk on the phone all the time. I used to literally never give myself not a minute alone. Um, but you know, we get older, we realize that's important. And I think that you need to communicate that to your girlfriend or the women that you're dating. Um, if you, if you don't, if you're trying to though, think about how to balance, how to balance all that, I think you just got to make a schedule. I mean, look, the busiest people of the world, the busiest people of the world, CEOs, whatever, they're very big on schedules. They talk about scheduling things in. I mean, literally, these people, they schedule sex in. I mean, maybe not so Romeo, but that's what they're doing, right? And so I think if you said every Monday night is my night alone, just like as if you had a guy night or whatever, you do that's it. Monday nights is your time alone. Is your alone time. I actually think that's a good night to do to do your alone time, by the way, because like coming off the weekend, everybody has a busy day, usually at work on Monday. You know, the kids are usually tired if they, if you have the kids. So, you know, I think Monday night is a good alone time night. And I think that you should say, you know, you need to do your alone time. So this past weekend, let me tell you this. This past weekend, you know, like I said, I was with my boyfriend. And um, and obviously it was the weekend, so I wasn't working. And he was not working. But on Saturday morning, he went to um, go do, do some tinkering around in his garage with a car. And, um, I didn't give a shit. I literally didn't give a shit. Like I was home with the kids. He said he was going to go. He was, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my garage for a few hours, you know, and then I'll, I'll come back and you know, we'll, we'll have dinner, whatever. And I was like, okay, okay. A younger version of myself would have been like, no, come on. Why do you have to do that today? Oh, but it's Saturday. Please like, don't, Oh, why don't you do that after work? What? No, but I was happy. I was happy. First of all, I wanted to have time with the kids and myself. But two, I want him to go do his hobbies or whatever he wants tinkering around, wants to go do, because it makes him a better boyfriend to me. And it makes me also then have some space from him. And then I miss him. And it's just good all around. So I think you got to set a day or a weekend morning for yourself. And don't stray from it, even if you have nothing to do, even if you don't want the alone time. Go to the diner and have a cup of coffee, well, or in your car, whatever the hell messed up world we're living in. You know what I'm saying? Go for a walk. Go for a drive. I would keep that solitude time and not let her get in there. And if she's going to get mad about that, I think that's probably a larger conversation. Because just like you want her to have her time, maybe getting her nails done or having lunch with a friend or whatever, you know, you need your alone time too. So I think that that's super important. And if you, and by the way, and if she doesn't understand any of this, you should Google something about self-care and divorce or dating and self-care and all that kind of stuff. And you'll find tons of things about this and she could read all about it. Or you can have her email me and I'm happy to answer a question for her as well. Anyway, quote of the day. I love this quote. It's by Neil Gaiman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. G-A-I-M-A-N. He's an author. It's a little bit of a long one. It says, I hope that in this year to come you make mistakes because if you're making mistakes, then you're making new things, trying new things, learning, living, pushing yourself, changing yourself, changing the world. You're doing things you've never done before, and most importantly, you're doing something. Neil Gaiman.
Love that. Perfect New Year's quote. And you know what? We'd all be happy to be doing something right about now because most of us are going insane in this pandemic. But I, as usual, thank you for listening to the Elisa Lucy Show. That's all for today's episode, episode 31. Again, subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Write me a review. I love reviews. It helps my podcast grow. And if you subscribe, of course, you'll never miss an episode. So stay tuned for the next one. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao.